0: I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, Dr. Luke's version of the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. This is my 25th Christmas as the pastor of Lance Free Church, and it's really neat that Christmas falls on a Sunday this year so that we can worship together on Christmas morning itself. But I confess that I struggled greatly with knowing what to say this year. I went to bed last night with no Christmas message for you today. I feel like it's, been, it's all been said by so many, so many times, right? And even by myself so many times, 25 Christmases, same story. The story doesn't get old. The story is not stale or boring, but preachers can get stale and boring. It's sometimes hard to get out of the way and help others to hear it with fresh ears. So today, I thought we would just go back and read over it one more time, just trying to see some of what's there and marvel at it one more time. And I wanted to focus our attention this year on one particular word in chapter 2, verse 11. It's a word that we use all the time, so it can be missed in all the glory of the other words, which are amazing. It's the word today. In the Greek, it's semeron. And Luke loves that word. There's different words for today. Luke loves this particular one. I counted at least 20 times that Luke uses this particular word in his two books. We all love this word, don't we? Today. Kids, what is today? Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas. Yeah. Today. Cookies. Woo. Yes. We've been looking forward to this for a long time, 365 days to the last Christmas. Hey, guys, you got 365 days to shop for next year. A lot of waiting. How many are waiting until after church to open your presents? Wow, a lot of you. I thought maybe it would be the other way around. I mean, you're waiting? Okay, all right. All right. Church isn't until 10, kids wake their parents up one day a year, right? Today, there's been a lot of waiting for this day. That phrase we've been hearing again and again this last month and last night from the prophet Jeremiah is, the days are coming. The days are coming, right? 600 years before Jesus was born, Jeremiah was saying, the days of hope are coming. The days of peace are coming. The days of wisdom are coming. The days of righteousness are coming. The days of the Messiah are coming. Guess what? Today. Today's the day. We sang about it last night in that song, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. The lyrics are, for lo, the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old, like Jeremiah. Jeremiah. When with the ever-circling years shall come the time foretold. When peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling. And the whole world send back the song which now the angels sing. The days are coming. And finally, the day had come. Today. Let's see what happened on that day. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It begins with another reference. To time. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Corinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. One of the things that I love about those two verses is that it places this story in human history. This is not a myth, this is not just a little fable that we tell our kids. It's not the legend of Jesus, it's history. This Caesar Augustus, that's his, his, na- his given name was Octavian. Look him up in the history books, real guy. This other guy, Quirinius, look him up in the history books, real guy. Really the governor of Syria at this time. And in those days, they said everybody had to get counted, So that they would assess the correct taxes. Every government loves its taxes. And Augustus was no different. And that meant that this man, Joseph, and his betrothed, Mary. Betrothed means legally they were just as good as married, but not yet fully married in every sense, including intimacy. Mary, who was pledged to be his wife, they had to travel from their home in the north in Nazareth to his ancestral city, the city of David, to Bethlehem, not too far from Jeremiah's hometown of Anatoth. Look at verse four. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Now that's also important, isn't it? Every word's important. Even though Joseph was a common man, just a working man, he belonged to the lineage of David. He was in line for the throne if the throne would ever be restored. And his son, including an adopted son, would be in line for the crown. His legal son was in line for the crown. Verse 5, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Shocker. She was a virgin. She was pregnant. She was a virgin, and she was pregnant. Those two things don't normally go together. What a scandal. That means that Mary has been waiting too. Ladies, what are those nine months like? Lots of waiting. And how would you like to travel on foot 90 miles from Nazareth in the north to Bethlehem in the south while being... Eight months pregnant? Nine months pregnant? And all those pictures show a donkey. And maybe there was one, but you won't find a donkey listed in Luke 2 or Matthew 1. She probably walked on foot. And she was ready for today. Verse 6. While they were there, the time came. The time came for the baby to be born. Another time marker there. I'll bet she was past ready. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. They were poor. There was no guest room where they were staying. Perhaps Bethlehem was overcrowded because of the census. We don't know. We just know that they were stuck out with the animals, maybe in a stable, maybe in a cave used to shelter the animals from the elements. We don't know. Jesus was placed in the feeding trough, not to be all cute, but because they were at the very bottom of human society. But the time had come. The Apostle Paul writes about this. He says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of son. He calls it the fullness of time. The fullness of time. Today. And look what happened this day. Verse 8. Talk about humble circumstances. These hardy, hard scrabble men are sleeping out in the open. With their sheep. Verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, and we would be too. A frightful angel out of nowhere, all this glory. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And here's our word. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Today. No more waiting. No more waiting for Mary. She's delivered him. No more waiting for humanity. Jesus Christ is born. The angel said this was good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What was that great news? Three things today. Today, a Savior has been born. That's number one. Today, a Savior has been born. And that's good news because that's exactly what we needed. What Amy explained to the kids up here. We didn't just need a good teacher, though of course we needed that. We didn't just need a good leader, though of course we needed that. We didn't just need a good example, though of course we needed that too, but what we really needed was rescuing from our own sin. And the angel said that today we got one. I love how the angel says that the Savior has been born to you. Not just a generic Savior, a Savior out there, but a Savior who has been born to save a people for himself. If you've never done this before, put your name in verse 11 where it says you, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to Matt. Put your name there. Because he didn't just come to show us the way. He came to be the way. I invite you to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. Number two, today the Messiah has come. Today the Messiah has come. That's what the word Christ means in verse 11. Christos is the Greek word for Messiah. The angel is saying that all of those promises in Jeremiah and the other prophets, all that they've been talking about nonstop for thousands of years are finally coming true today. Today the Christ is born. Everything that God has promised is bound up in that little baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The waiting is over. The promises are here. Everything we've been learning about in Jeremiah, the days of hope, are here. The days of peace have come. The days of wisdom have arrived. The days of righteousness are here today. Today, the Messiah has come. Isn't that wonderful? Every promise that God has ever made is being kept by that little baby born today. One more. Today, the Lord of glory has arrived. Today, the Lord of glory has arrived. Listen to verse 11 once again. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. What does it say? The Lord. He's the king. In fact, he's the king of kings. He's what all of these, all those thumbs down kings in the Old Testament were supposed to point to. When they were at their best, they pointed to him. When they were at their worst, they showed us why we needed him the most. He is Christ, the Lord. He's the Lord of lords. He's not just any Lord. He is the Lord. He is God come to us. Look at verse 12. The angel said, this will be a sign to you, shepherds. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. (laughs) If we couldn't imagine what it was like when just one angel showed up and the glory of the Lord shining all around, we can't begin to imagine what happened when a whole army of angels split the sky. No CGI. This was the real thing. And they were singing together as we sang this morning, Gloria, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, because the Lord of glory has arrived today. And that means for you and me, peace, peace to men and women and boys and girls On whom his favor, his grace, rests today. He gets the glory and we get the peace. What a wonderful deal that is. Glory to God in the highest because the Lord of glory has arrived. And just as quickly as they appeared, they were gone. And the shepherds were left looking at one another and saying, What just happened? What is today? Let's go see if all this is true. Look at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told today. I love the different responses to all these things, don't you? The shepherds run out and tell everybody, we should do that too. And the shepherds worship and praise God, and we should do that too, just like we were this morning, and we are this morning. The people were amazed and marvel at the story, and we should keep on doing that too. And then there's Mary. She, she treasures up all these things and ponders them in her heart. We should do that as well, turning these things over and over again in our hearts as we wait once again. Because the first advent was only a foretaste of the kingdom to come. There's another day we're waiting for now. A savior has been born, yes. And all who put their faith in him are saved and are being saved. But one day they will be saved to the uttermost. We're still waiting for that day. The Messiah has come, yes. And all that God has promised has been kept in him and is being kept in him. But one day all those promises will come in full We're still waiting for that day. Because except for a few brief moments like this one in Luke chapter 2, that glory was shielded from us. We don't see it right now even. We see it by faith, but we don't see it with our eyes. Jesus continued to live a fairly obscure life, certainly a humble one. And then right after he died and came back to life, he ascended to heaven where he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And one day, the Lord of glory will arrive a second time with all of his angels coming with him. Not that time to bear our sins, but to bring salvation, the book of Hebrews says, to those who are waiting for him. The days are still coming. The days are still coming. The days are still coming. And one day, we don't know when, the Father will say once again, today, 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 and the whole world will rejoice. Heaven and nature will sing. Amen.